Welcome to Coach Your Brains Out, the show that explores learning from the top minds in volleyball and beyond. With your hosts, John Mayer, Billy Allen, Andrew Fuller, and Nils Nielsen. Today we're grateful to have back on the show for the second time women's national team head coach, Karch Karai. Karch, thanks for joining us. Thank you guys. Always love uh, the work you do and opportunities to talk VB and learn and get better. That means a lot. Thanks. Uh, today we wanted to learn from you about passing and specifically serve-receive. This is clearly a, a crucial skill. Do you think it's the most important skill in the game? Um, it's a big one, but I think the most important skill is probably uh, reading the game and passers need to be able to read servers and setters need to be able to read their own passers, their platforms and hitters need to be able to read their setters and blockers and defenders need to be able to read across the net. So having uh, various forms of reading skill is, uh, is a big asset for any player. John likes right. that answer. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Can you, can you take us through some, some keys for how you teach passing? Um, yes. Um, I, I don't know if there's any groundbreaking uh, or, or unusual thoughts here, but uh, certainly I just covered one of them, and that is uh, the ability to read the serve that's coming off of a server's hand and have a really good idea of, um, of which direction it's going because of the way our eyes are placed together so closely uh, in uh, on our face, uh, we're not going to be able to identify depth as quickly as whether it's left of us or right of us or pretty much coming straight at us. And so that's the first thing we can we can identify in our read. Um, also, knowing a lot of things about uh, where servers like to serve and things like that. I remember working with a player. I think it was in my first or second year, uh, having become a coach on the staff of the USA team. And I asked her, um, so when do you have a good idea of where the ball is traveling? Uh, mostly, you know, to your left, to your right, mostly right at you. And she said, I don't really feel like I have a good idea of what it's doing, where it's going until after it's crossed the net. And that was a stunning answer to me and uh, one that I would find if I had that level of perception, it would have been impossible to be a good passer because the ball's already traveled over two thirds of its flight before, um, before we have to make a contact with it. So it's critical to try to get those early cues. And then of course, uh, which is probably something you ascribe to a lot, and that is just in our effort to try to be simpler rather than more complex. We've got to have um, a platform and a grip that is stable. So your, your, uh, your thumbs and your hands and your wrists are all um, on the same plane. One hand is generally not higher than the other, or one arm's not uh, reaching closer to the 
to the floor than the other. So I need to have a, a firm and stable platform uh, and understand that the we need to use that platform to make an angle. It's all, uh, we're trying to reflect anything, any ball that's coming at us. That is when we're using our platform, which is a very high percentage of the time in women's volleyball because the most of international serving, and I'm talking about the international game more than any other, that's the game I know best, but um, internationally, the a very high percentage of the time, <clears throat> jump float servings or uh, servers are sending us the ball across the net, and a very high percentage of the time, passers are taking it with their platform. So, need to have a stable platform and need to be able to form an angle so that we can reflect the ball from uh, the server and where it's coming from uh, and make it go where we want it to go. We also talk about facing the server rather than facing the target because that is an easier way to make a reflection, make a platform and make the ball go where we want it to. Uh, rather than facing the target and trying to uh, catch the ball at just the right instant when it comes across or near our platform, um, so those are so those are those are some of the things that we talk about. We also pastors have to move, and we like to work with uh, when we do have to move. Uh, we like to work with a again simpler is better than more complex and so we like to move and i guess what we would call kind of a, a one two three move um a step and a shuffle uh, we try never to cross our feet uh, when we're moving especially when we have to move to our left or our right as servers are often trying to make us do just that hitting us in any particular seam, either between a passer and a sideline or a, between two passers. I guess those would be some of the uh, the factors that we focus on, some bigger picture items, but there's certainly a lot more than that and a lot more nuance to just those simple concepts. Sure. Well, that's a good start. Um, you mentioned reading depth is the the hardest part of the read. Have you you found things that have helped people get better at reading depth? Is there is there ways to give feedback that's you know more helpful for for passers? Uh, well, there's a few things. First of all, um, no passer operates alone. Whether it's playing beach volleyball and you have one other passer, your teammate, or whether it's indoors where maybe you have two other passers. But often, if the ball is coming to me. My teammate can see the depth better than I can because it's not coming right at them. And so it's a huge help to have a fellow passer, a teammate passer, somebody else in the passing formation uh, who might um, see it before I do, uh, call the depth. And especially that especially apply, applies when somebody's dropping a short serve. And then there are certainly cues that a, ser a server will give off that are critical for all of the passers to read. But some of the things that they'll see, um, uh, a server generally will do something to give it away. A server has her normal hard serving motion or his normal hard serving motion. 
And then there's something, um, I call it hinky. I learned it many years ago when um, I was reading an article in a Southern California paper. I went back uh, decades later and I couldn't find the article, but they were talking about um, border crossing, uh, border patrol agents who might stand there and wave cars past, whether it was the primary border right at the USA-Mexico border or um, something they used to use a lot more than they do now, but that second secondary border check in Camp Pendleton as you go north from Oceanside, California on into Orange County. And um, they would wave thousands of cars by every day. And so people who trained at that, at first they had no clue what to look for. Uh, if there was something unusual about a car that was coming in um, that might be trying to sneak oh, human beings or, or uh, stuff past the border patrol agents. But after about eight, nine, ten thousand cars, um, those trainees started to get the hang of it and they described this this look of the car as hinky. They couldn't even necessarily tell you or describe it in words, but something was off. Maybe one of the, uh, maybe the car was looking a little heavier over one wheel or the driver was acting a certain way. But after you see that a lot, you learn what hinky is, even if you can't necessarily put words to it. And that's what good passers and good defenders and good blockers need is this ability to see what, what is normal, what's the baseline of any server or attacker, and then, what's, and then to be able to notice something different. And when people drop a short serve, they do something different. The swing is slower. The hand that contacts the ball generally might, have, might be tilted back a little more. It might, be, might not be as vertical. And so if you're outdoors, the color of the server's palm might be a little different. It might be reflecting the sun a little more. It might look a little actually lighter in color and the same thing indoors, reflecting the lights off the ceiling. Um, servers might, their body angle, uh, that is, are they vertical or are they non-vertical, um, might change a little and where they contact the ball in relation to their shoulder might change. So there might be any one of six or seven or eight things that are different in a hitter or a server from their normal swing and their normal most preferred uh, attack or serve. And we don't need to know all of those. We don't need to know six or seven or eight. All we need to do is pick one of those out and then we're way ahead of the game. So we shouldn't be wearing sunglasses out there. We might miss something. Uh, <laughs> You don't want to fry your eyes, though, or you're going to have nothing to see. So, uh, no, but uh, um, yeah, it's uh, there are nuances. But when right. you've played the game or when you've seen any server or hitter enough, and that's why it's important to study other servers and other hitters, because when you see them more, you're like the border agent who's just seen a lot more and can recognize subtle differences quickly. Right. So if you had um, an athlete who was struggling to pick up the hinky or struggling to read a deep serve, would you, and say so you didn't have, I don't know, you're playing a match soon, would you have them adjust their, their starting position? Hey, just start deeper so they don't get burned by this deep serve? Or how would you respond to something like that? Um, 
Well, without much time, they're going to have to figure some things out. But if you have uh, a little bit of time and practice, then I would um, start by um, having them receive some serves and um, just letting them know, look, um, here come five deep serves. Here come five short serves. Here come five medium serves. And after each of those five, maybe have them try to describe, even though recognizing hinky is not necessarily something that we can describe in words, but to try to describe what they see a little differently as the server is contacting the ball. And, uh, and then immediately after a few of each of those and just a little bit of exposure, then try to mix in. It might not be a server's very toughest serves or 100%, but I'd immediately start trying to have passers recognizing three major types of serve from that server. Normal, uh, short, or, or deep. Uh, but I wouldn't start, especially if you're playing against more sophisticated servers, I, I, I would lean against um, changing the starting position a lot. I think we need to Again, with the with the thought of simpler is better and comp more complex is is tougher to be good at consistently. I'd work on a a fairly consistent starting position and work on trying to um, improve my eye work and start stealing cues from the server uh, at a more rapid rate. Karch, do you uh, prioritize or talk a lot about? finishing your pass and holding your platform after the ball's left the passer's arms or is that not as important for you? Uh, we do talk about that a lot. Um, in fact, if you were to sit really close to, uh, to the court um, in one of our USA practices or during a match, you would hear some of our passers uh, yelling out, like um, imploring their fellow passers to, uh, it might be just a simple call, like hold, 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 as in hold your finish for a second. And there's some nice benefits to that. First of all, it tends to lead to a better grip, a grip that doesn't break apart as much. We're working on that in our gym right now. We were just working on it today in terms of making sure because we had a passer whose grip wasn't um, as firm uh, as it could be and arms were breaking apart. And so the way, one of the ways to combat that is just to hold your finish for a second. And um, the hold also is a great way because players can't get feedback from, from a coach on every single opportunity to pass. And so holding your finish is a wonderful way for any player to um, give herself or give himself feedback. If I hold for a second, then I can tell, okay, was I in a pretty balanced position or was I falling backwards? Was I really on my heels? That's It's hard to hold that position if I was way on my heels uh, or if I was way forward and falling forward. It also gives me an idea of if I hold for a second, I can... I can look at the reflection angle I put out and I can see, whoa, that angle wasn't even close to where it needed to be for that serve coming from that direction and me wanting the ball to reflect to 
in that angle to that target. So there's a lot of benefits to holding. For one thing, it helps us be quiet at our finish and have a firm grip. And another is it gives us a lot of valuable information so we can give ourselves feedback on, uh, on how we did with our passing. And you mentioned that your players were calling out, hold, hold, hold. Is, uh, what passing feedback do you find yourself repeating the most? Um, certainly one of them is, uh, a hold whether, and it might be a question, you know, did you hold on that play or, or how would you rate your hold on that play? How would you rate your finish? But, um, generally when players, even if somebody, uh, and on the beach, when you pass, you have to go hit. But, um, oftentimes if you've made a reasonable pass with a little bit of height, you can take just a 10th of a second or a or two-tenths of a second to hold for a second um, and, and make it a habit where it really in, um, gives you some nice discipline to the finish of your, of your pass. But indoors also, if you're a front row or a back row hitter and you need to, ha- you need to go hit after you made that initial contact, our passers have developed the ability to be really good at it. They, don't need, they have more time than they, than they think. They don't need to rush that. And Usually what happens is if we're really rushing the beginning of the play, things break down quickly. And we didn't take our time making a great first contact. And so the second and third contacts become much more of a struggle. So let's get the first one as right as we can. And part of that is is uh, a good finish um, and a good hold. I guess another a uh, piece of feedback that we give a lot in our gym is, and this is one we see uh, much more indoors than on the sand and much more indoors, especially in girls and women's volleyball is um, one that I implore coaches to think a second time about, but so many coaches um work really hard to coach their young players. And I understand it. It comes from a good place, but they coach their players to try to pass every ball in front of their navel. Uh, that is to pass their ball, every ball with their platform between their hips or in their midline. There's lots of ways to describe it, but it's to take the ball, to contact, to contact the ball right in front of you. And um, I understand why coaches do it, because they want their players to learn, especially young and learning uh, uh, beginning players. They want them to learn to move their feet. And coaches feel like players are being lazy if they pass the ball, oh, let's say, two feet to the left of their midline, of their belly button or their center line or two feet to the right. They, they feel like those players are being lazy because they're reaching out uh, to the side of their body and they didn't move their feet enough. But as you get into higher levels of volleyball, <clears throat> and certainly you could ask uh, any of our bros, our Libros, this, but ask a top Libro, and uh, you know how often do good international servers who are hitting with pace, hitting at you, how often... Um, will those servers hit a ball that will allow you to take the ball right in front of your belly button? And they'll usually say 15 to 20% of the time. And so uh, it's really important for our passers to learn to take the ball um, 
and form good angles out to either side. And where I see passers getting in the most trouble is when they work really hard to get it to midline and then it rises on them. And now it's at their sternum or at their chest or at their throat. And you can't bend your arms and have a good platform. And so they have no answer for that height adjustment. So one of the big pieces of feedback or common pieces of feedback you'll hear in our gym is get out of the way, pick a side, take it off to the side because um, our passers do a lot better when they actually take it a little off to the side. When I was playing both indoors and on the beach, my sweet spot was not um, directly in front of my belly button, but it was about a foot, foot and a half off to the side where if it did rise, I had an easy height adjustment because I would just step out of the way a little more, raise my platform a little more, and then I wouldn't get blown up in my throat. So I, my work was to get out of the way of the ball that was coming at my chest. And we emphasize that a lot with our passers. So a good hold and picking a side are a couple of common pieces of feedback. Do you push your passers to take more balls to the left or the right? Do you have a, a preference? I know there's some uh, been a lot of research on that. Uh, yes, um, but it depends uh so i'm i'm we're not as clear about that as um as maybe and i'm familiar with a lot of that research uh that you are too um i i've heard it you know put simply as uh that taking the ball to your left is generally a little easier and more effective and passers tend to be a little more efficient with that uh, so the, the simple saying is left is right and right is wrong, but that's confusing, especially to younger players, because if their coach tells them that something is wrong, they're not going to do it. But there are lots of times with a good server where you have no choice but to take the ball to your right. The ball that's right between, exactly between two servers, yes, we can favor, uh, sorry, uh, the ball that's exactly between two passers, we can favor a, a passer who could take it on her left more than the passer who can take it on her right. But we still work a lot on getting passers um, comfortable passing it to either side. Uh, the reason why it's a little more comfortable and a little more efficient taking it to one's left and this especially applies, let's say we're talking about indoor volleyball, a serve coming, let's say, across the net from zone one or from zone six, uh, and I'm a passer in five or a passer in six, generally, I need to take that ball and angle it a little to my right. Maybe the setter is not standing dead center uh, for my indoor team, but maybe she's standing a little closer to the right sideline, to the zone two, our zone two sideline. And so it is easier, and, uh, the geometry is easier if I take the ball a little to my left because I can take it a little in front of me, a serve that's coming from the other server's zone one to my zone five. I can take that ball in front of me and I form the proper angle and I can reflect it to my right. 
But if I want to reflect that ball to my right where my setter is and I'm taking it on my right, I actually have to let the ball go past me to make the proper angle. I have to form that angle behind me instead of in front of me. That's why it's easier. But one area where passing on the right actually is more comfortable and is more efficient is the case uh, in indoors where the serve is coming from the opposing team's zone five and that server is serving right down the sideline and I'm a passer in my team's zone one. Now it's easier to take the ball on my right because I have to angle the ball to my left. And so that would be a case where it's kind of the, uh, an exception to that rule. But yep, generally most passers are a little more comfortable take it in on their left because generally most of the time they have to angle the ball a little to their right. Yeah, that always kind of made sense to me that traditionally that's what they see more. And also with the even being stronger in midline, I just assume because more people train that from an early age that they're better at it. Um, yep. so it's kind of one of those things where like the statistics kind of just like foster more of the tradition a little bit. I think you're right. And of course, I'm uh, a dinosaur in that sense. And so uh, I grew up in a time um, where almost all of the indoor I played, essentially all of the indoor I played, servers had to serve from their zone one. Now, of course, servers can serve from anywhere along the end line. So you tend to see servers serving from closest to their defensive assignments. So setters, and opposites will serve from their zone one. Middles will serve more from their zone five and then run to their spot. And But what it does now that servers can serve from anywhere is it forces passers to be good with a variety of serves coming from a variety of locations. And passers don't just get to stand in one area. They too have to pass from, if you're an outside hitter, um, you have to be good at passing from zone one, zone six, zone five, and on the beach, same thing. You might play in a half a court, uh, but you're going to fa- face a range of servers who are coming from a variety of locations across the net. So it's, in my opinion, it's better to just get really get as comfortable as you can. And so when you're training, don't just train, you know, have the servers constantly mix where they're serving from. And not having, you know, 30 serves in a row from the exact same location in that server's zone one. Uh, so when we're training, we like to mix it up a lot and always force passers to reset and look at a server across the net, hopefully in a, a, a pretty consistently new zone, and then form a plan. Um, but it it prevents them from just kind of mindlessly repeating over and over, like mindlessly hitting a seven iron at the driving range 30 times in a row instead of mixing up your objective and your shot each time or your or your mixing up your, uh, your club each time. When do you teach your passers to bring their, their hands and wrists together when passing balls outside their midline? Um... <clears throat> That is, uh, that's an interesting controversy too, or it's an interesting maybe uh, question that might not have totally clear answers. Um, but I know some coaches who've had a lot of success where they actually would like their passers to form their platform 
and form their grip and actually have their grip engaged before the servers contacted the ball. So they're, as the server is touching the ball, their platform's already set and hanging straight down, pointing toward the ground. And then they're going to get ready to read and go. Um, I'm not an advocate for forming your platform that early. Uh, I guess ideally it'd be good to have your arms hanging uh, loose, but not have a platform formed and your grip together, but hanging loose. And then if the ball is clearly and quickly coming to one side, then um, what we see it most of is just that players tend to form their angle or form their grab their grip pretty early as they're moving um, their platform into the line of the ball. Uh, some people would say, look, you know, just hold one, uh, move one arm out there, have the other arm come join it and form that grip way out to the side where the ball is going. But in reality, most passers don't do that. And if you take slow motion video of that, you'd see that what they tend to do is form their grip in center line and move it out or uh, close to center line and move it out. So uh, I've, I've seen a range of styles there and I've seen a range of uh, answers. Uh, I've seen a range of passers who are really good at taking it to one side or both sides. And they've had a, a range of answers there. So I'm, I'm not quite so focused on um, one particular answer in that. Uh, I think different, different passers are going to find different solutions. And what about defense? Do you see passers connecting early there too? Or is it more independent arms? Um, I'd like to start with independent arms. And especially when you're at close range, sometimes you never even have time to get a grip together. Maybe it's just getting arms close together when it's really at close range. Maybe it's a wing defender indoors uh, defending a quick, or maybe it's uh, a player who's um, digging line blockers take an angle on the sand, but somebody who's just crushing the ball straight down, you don't have a lot of time. And so it's more important to just try to have independent arms um, and have some surfaces pointed upward so that the hope is that you can just make the ball hit some upward pointing surface and uh, and get it up in the air to keep it in play. So much good stuff from Karch that we're going to make this a three-parter. Um, so Karch will be back next week talking about passing and then uh, in part three will be more listener questions. Thanks for listening and to support Coach Your Brains Out, you can visit patreon.com slash coach your brains out to give us a little monthly donation uh, we appreciate it